the house of the Lord today. Amen. Uh, today, uh, I'm going to ask uh, Brother Ophemi to come. I need you to minister with me today. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of a different service today. Uh, I believe God is doing something in our midst, something that's amazing, something that's wonderful, and we, we want to utilize the time. Uh, Leonard Bergenow said the opportunities of a lifetime, they have to be sealed within the lifetime of the opportunity. So we are in a great uh, time. We are getting uh, a wonderful opportunity in our lives. Uh, where we are is a ministry, amen. And I believe God has so much in store that he wants to do uh, through our lives. Uh, when I talk about through our lives, somebody's already thinking, oh, probably pastor's just talking about himself. I'm not talking about myself. Uh, I am included, yes. But I'm talking about you also, that God has something that he wants to do through you this year. Amen. Uh, our team comes from the book of Esther, chapter 4. Can we turn our Bibles real quick to the book of Esther, chapter 4.
I learned learned to play. It meant that there was time that I had to commit to perfecting the art of playing a guitar. But beyond that, there was something that was being worked out by God. It was not just playing a guitar that he was interested in. Because being in present worship team meant wherever the present worship team would go to do crusades, to evangelize, I had to be there to play what? The bass guitar, right? But God was setting up, setting me up for something greater than just playing a bass guitar. It meant that whenever the word was being preached and a present worship team was needed, I had to be there. Then after we were done playing the, the instruments, after the present worship team was done, it would mean that I would have to be sitting in the seats, waiting, but also as I was waiting, I had to sit under the word. I had to be listening to what was being ministered, right? What started off as just my pastor walking up to me and saying, you are not too young to play that instrument. Also resulted, it was the unveiling of a great thing in my life. A few months later, I remember I was just 12 years old, uh, and I just started going to youth. And as I, as I attended youth, I remember one of our youth leaders walking up to me, and he said to me, uh, Brother Mountain, we want you to preach for us this Friday. We used to meet then for our youth meetings on Friday. So it meant that that Friday, I had to go into the word of the Lord. I had to find a scripture to preach from. I had not done this before. I had not stood up in front of people to preach before. This was uncharted territory for me. Hallelujah. But it was coming to me not as a mega thing that God was doing in my life. But it was coming to me as small steps. Hallelujah. Now, my position of having been playing in the worship team, listening to the word, hallelujah, allowed me at that time when I preached, it allowed me to go back and try to recollect some of the sermons my pastor had preached so that I could have something to say. I remember that day vividly that I preached from the book of Acts. When Paul and uh, when they were shipwrecked to, a, to an island called Mountain. So I stood up that Friday in front of people. I had not done that before. It was my first time to preach. And as I stood there, hallelujah, in obedience to my youth, pastor, that is saying to me, Brother Marvin, I want you to minister this Friday. I obeyed. I went that week, opened scriptures, sought for a, a, a message, prayed like I had never done before. And I said, God, help me to speak something that will make sense. Hallelujah. Not knowing, hallelujah, that God was positioning me for such a time as this. He was preparing me for something that I was not able to comprehend at that time. And he told me, hallelujah, that in the year 2018, I was going to stand on this pulpit. I would probably have run away. Right? But there was something that God was doing. But when it happened, it happened in steps that seemed as ordinary. I've come to talk to this church today, and 
I've come to talk to you precisely. I know as I'm saying to you, you are saying this is for my neighbor. No, I'm not talking about your neighbor. I'm talking about you. Can you say he's talking about me? Hallelujah. He is talking about me. Hallelujah. I'm talking about you. That God has been ordering your steps for something that's beyond the comprehension of your mind. I've come to tell you today that God has been ordering your steps. You thought probably when you woke up today to come to the house of the Lord that it was another Sunday. But I want to tell you you are mistaken. Because today you are going, you are at a crossroads with your destiny. Because today God has been orchestrating your steps to do something powerful in your life. To do something that is great in your life. Esther, when she lost her parents, and then she had to be raised by her uncle Mordecai. To her, she said, probably this is a place of disadvantage. That I have no more parents to raise me. But there was something that God was going to orchestrate out of chaos. I've also come to talk to somebody today that's in a place where everything is falling apart in their life. To tell them that God can use that for good. He is not the orchestrator of confusion. But when the enemy that seeks to kill, to steal, and to destroy tries to plunder our lives, the Lord makes what he is trying to do and he uses it for our good. When they took Jesus to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull, the devil had no idea what he was doing. There were small steps, hallelujah, that were leading to a greater glory. When they took him to the highest place of the city, where he was made a public shame, I've come to talk to somebody that today, when you look at your life, you think of yourself as a public shame. That, that's not the end of the story. Hallelujah. That's not the end of the journey. In what seems like mundane, in the ordinary, there is an invisible hand, which is called the hand of Jehovah. There is an invisible hand, which is called the hand of the Lord. That's orchestrating something beyond what your mind can comprehend. Hallelujah. We are about to hit Mark 2 for us as a church. Hallelujah. Which means year 2. March, hallelujah, 5th, we'll be getting into our second year as Rice Fellowship. It seemed like a coincidence. Hallelujah. Like an accident when God said this ministry has got to be. But I want to tell somebody, it takes small steps of obedience for what God is doing in your life to be revealed. When you obey in that which is small, God will reveal himself continuously in your life. Hallelujah. But there is something that God uses that when he uses it, he takes the ordinary to become super ordinary. I was just a small boy, 13, 14 years old, hallelujah, living in one of the ghetto cities of Zimbabwe called Zimbabwe. And God said, I need you this Friday to preach a word. And I knew that out of my ability, I did not have the ability to say or to speak as he would have wanted me to speak. 
I never done this before. Probably I was just being thrown into the waters. Hallelujah. Into the deep end. Like we did today with Sister Lise. You saw her standing up here. MC. Hallelujah. When I asked her, she said, Master, I've not done this before. But I look at it and I say, I know it's in you. Hallelujah. There is something that's in you. And didn't she do a remarkable job? Hallelujah. Amen. If you made it on time today, at 10 then, guess who was up here leading prayer? Yeah. Hallelujah. My own sister Lynn was standing up here leading intercession this morning. Hallelujah. I asked her and said, can you lead intercession? I said, I see there is an intercessor that's in you. Hallelujah. But there is a key to all these things. Hallelujah. It took them saying, I will do it. Hallelujah. It took obedience. Hallelujah. One of the greatest things that God has given me, that I believe is a gift, is the ability to see good when others see bad. It's the ability to see potential when others see nothing. Hallelujah. When I look at my life, it's an own testimony that God saw potential where there was nothing. Hallelujah. And he began to invest in me. Hallelujah. He began to invest in me. Coming to the house of the Lord is an opportunity for investment. So God uses what seems like an ordinary thing. Hallelujah. Today I'm talking about the anointing, by the way. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the anointing. So, coming to church it can be a mundane thing. A thing that we do because it's Sunday. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Something that we do because that's what people do. How can you be in bed on Sunday and you're supposed to go to the house of the Lord, right? It's what people do. Who stays in bed on a Sunday? Right? We do it because that's what everybody else does. Hallelujah. But I've come to tell you that in what seems like an ordinary thing, what seems like a common thing, hallelujah, there can be an invisible hand that's behind it. Hallelujah. There can be something invisible that's behind it. Hallelujah. So last week as we were reading the book of Esther, we said Esther had to go through a, a period of preparation. That period of preparation was for a year before, he could, before she could go and stand before King Ahasuerus. She had to be immersed in oil for six months. What is called a uh, man. She had to be in, immersed in that oil for six months. Hallelujah. So, oil in the Bible always symbolizes anointing. So, in, in the world, we have things that we do that are not the spiritual thing or the spiritual uh manifestation of something. Right? For example, we were talking about this a few weeks ago. When I got saved, immediately the day that I said, Jesus, I want you to become the Lord and Savior of my life. That moment, I died to who I am in the, in the flesh. And I became a new person. This did not happen or did not show up to somebody that might have looked at me in the physical. Right, right. If I had rushed on my face, the moment I said, Jesus, I receive you, 
in my life, probably I still had rash on my face. Amen. If I was wearing a red shirt, when I said amen, probably if you were look, to look at me, you would have still seen me wearing what? A red shirt. Right? But a couple of months later, then my pastor said to me, what you have done receiving Jesus as a personal savior, dying to self, right? And you have become a new creation. There is a something that we do, which is called an ordinance of the church, where you have to be immersed in water. Which is a physical representation of what has taken place in the spirit. Are we together? So there are things that we call ordinances of the church, right? They are done in the physical, but they have a spiritual connotation or they have a spiritual significance. They signify what it is that is in the spirit. Because the things that are in the physical have to mirror the things that are in the spirit. Are we working together? Hallelujah. Walk with me. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the anointing today. So I was baptized as a symbol of what had taken place in me in the spiritual. That I had died to self. I had risen up a new person. Because the word of the Lord says, if anyone is in Christ, behold, all things have become new. Hallelujah. Amen. Then there's another ordinance that we call Holy Communion. Amen. With Holy Communion, we take the bread and we drink the wine, right? Then the Bible tells us in the book of Corinthians that do this in remembrance. The word of God says when you do this, you are remembering my body that was once slain for your iniquities. When you are remembering, when you are doing this, drinking the wine, you are doing this in remembrance of the blood. Hallelujah. So the Wine is not the actual blood, but it symbolizes the blood. The bread is not the actual body of Jesus, hallelujah, but it symbolizes the body of Jesus. So when we do it in the physical, hallelujah, we are attesting to something that's not physical. We are attesting to something that's spiritual. We are saying, Jesus, you gave up your body that I could have life. You gave up your body, your blood was
For thus were the days of their preparation portion. Six months with oil. Say six months with oil. Six months with oil. Of men and six months with perfumes. And preparations for beautifying women. Thus prepared each young woman went to the king and she was given whatever she desired to take with her from the women's quarters to the king's palace. In the evening she went in and in the morning she returned to the second house of the women to the castle of Shashkas, the king's eunuch, who kept the concubines. She would not go into the king again unless the king delighted in her and called for her by name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So for six months Esther had to be prepared her preparation required for her to be immersed in oil. Oil of man. Hallelujah. She was immersed in oil. So in the Bible, there is something that we call the anointing. The anointing is the presence of God. Hallelujah. Church or this building by itself, inherently it does not have any value. Hallelujah. But what makes this building of significant value is the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. I remember one day Moses was out in the desert and he was there heading ship. As he was heading ship, the Bible says he saw a burning bush. Then he heard, as he drew close to see why this bush was burning, the word of the Lord said, and when the Lord saw that he had drawn the attention of Moses, then a voice spoke from the bush and said, Take off your sandals.
that after Jesus, after he came from a place of being baptized, now I want you to see something here. I was talking about obedience, that I obeyed God. Every moment when there was something that needed to be done in the house of the Lord, my answer has always been yes. Hallelujah. My answer has always been yes. And in my obedience, hallelujah, to whatever he sent me to do, God made something great out of my life. I want to tell you the best is not is yet to come. You have not yet seen anything, hallelujah. If you think I've reached the epitome of where I'm going, I want to tell you, I continue saying yes, so I believe there's still a mountains to overcome. Hallelujah, I believe there are still territories to conquer. Because my answer remains, yes, Lord, send me and I will go. Send me and I will go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody today? So Jesus Christ, the word of the Lord says he went to John the Baptist. John the Baptist was there baptizing people in the river Jordan. And when Jesus got to John the Baptist, John the Baptist said to him, I am not worthy to baptize you. But Jesus says, you need to baptize me so that all righteousness can be fulfilled. In other words, that Jesus was saying, there is something that's got to be done ahead of my life. And I'm, oh, I'm willing and I'm obedient to do it. So the moment as he was walking out of the water, what happened? A voice spoke from heaven. Hallelujah. And said, this is my only begotten son. Because in Jesus being baptized, he was indicating to the Father that my mission that you sent me to accomplish, I'm still in the program. I'm still with the program. Ten years have come and ten years have gone. I've not yet lost focus to what you have sent me to do. I've come, that's why he said to John the Baptist, so that all righteousness can be fulfilled. Hallelujah. Because when John the Baptist baptized Jesus. John the Baptist was of the, uh, uh, of the Levitical order. He was a priest. So when he was baptizing Jesus, he was transferring the sins of the world to the Lamb. Hallelujah. He was giving him the responsibility and the task to say you are. That's why when he saw him coming, he says there is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Hallelujah. So Jesus, after he had obeyed and showed the Lord that he was still with the program, a voice spoke from heaven and said, This is my only begotten Son, in whom I am well pleased. Then we saw something also happening. The word of the Lord says, And a dove. Hallelujah. Another symbol of the anointing is a dove. The Holy Spirit is symbolized by a dove. A dove came from heaven and it went and it rested upon Jesus. Hallelujah. There immediately, Jesus was now just not an ordinary man. He was an anointed man of God. Hallelujah. When he begins his ministry in the book of, the, of Luke, the first time that Jesus walks into a temple, he walks there and he opens the Bible and he begins to read from the book of Isaiah. And this reading says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me, hallelujah, to preach good news, good tidings to the poor. So what made the ministry of Jesus to be impactful was the anointing. Jesus needed to be anointed. 
for him to make impact. Why am I saying I'm saying you and I, for what is ahead of us, we need to be anointed. We cannot do it if the Son of God needed an anointing. How about you and I? How much more do we need the anointing of God? The anointing, I say, is the presence of God. It is the presence of God. Without the presence of God, we are nothing. Hallelujah. Without the glory of God, we are nothing. One time Moses said, Lord, if you will not go with us, we will not go. As a church tonight, this morning, we have got to say to the Lord, we have done the ordinary, we have done the normal, but Lord, we need another gear. We need another dimension. A dimension of the anointing. We don't want to play church anymore. We Sick and they will be healed. I see you sick. 
him and that's your city, Timothy will flee. Hallelujah. My, 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 my Bible tells me that when the time came for David to be anointed king, the Bible says Samuel took his horn of oil. As he took his horn of oil, he went to David's house and he began to talk to Jesse and said to Jesse, I've been sent to anoint a king. Then Jesse said, I have a first boy son. That when you see him in his stature, the way he walks, he surely is worthy to be a king. I've come to tell you, it's not about your physical abilities. It's not about your physical stature. Because they didn't be about physical stature.
I'm going to identify your place of opportunity. And I'm going to say you have been raised for such a time as this. If you will not rise up, come for the Lord, for the kingdom, who come from somewhere else, but do not think that you will not perish. Hallelujah. That's what my role is this year. God has sent me as a Mordecai to speak to you in the palace, to dislodge you from a place of comfort, to move you from a place of complacence, to where you realize who you are, that this is your time. God is looking for mothers in the house, that when they pray a young man, that man might be lost in the world, but he will come back to the Lord. When they, when they begin to go on their knees, they will say, Lord, we will not rise up until all our children are graduates. Because, Lord, by the anointing, we have been raised for such a time as this. It is the anointing that does the impossible. I'm talking about the anointing. As I'm talking right now, the anointing in this place has just gone up another level. The anointing on your life will not remain the same. This year you will not remain the same because of the anointing. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. There are things that have been really stopping you from reaching your potential. But by the anointing in 2018, those things will not stop you anymore. The presence of God on your life demands that you make it. Demands that you be exceptional. Demands that you stand up.